Greetings, 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 good people. This is Kat, and I'm here to introduce to you our newest series that I am calling One-on-One Live. This is a direct response to the COVID-19 pandemic, where each episode will feature interviews with people from all walks of life. I'm talking creatives, culture warriors, social justice warriors, and happen makers. Tune in to hear how they are coping in this new space, a space that I refer to as the after, and what they think the future holds. These episodes are recorded live, so if you want to see me and my guests in real time, head over to lowsoso.com for details. Otherwise, just subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and get new episodes as soon as they are available. Oh, and one more thing. If you enjoy what you hear, please, please consider making a donation using the information in the description box. Many of our guests have been adversely affected by the pandemic, so where you can, consider supporting their creative pursuits and causes. And that's it. That's all you need to know. Now, on to the episode. Greetings, 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 good people. This is Cat's Corner of the Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Cat Day, and welcome to another edition of One on One. This is a live series that I am doing throughout the quarantine space. And today, I just feel like it's such a blessing that I get to talk to this woman. I really do. Um, for so many reasons, and I will probably cry at some point. So if you see tears, just ignore them. Um, I am the Jill Scott in this situation. <laughs> You're going to be Erica. I'm going to be Jill. <laughs> and so I'd love to introduce to you a culture warrior, an artist, an entrepreneur, um, a lover of black people and black things. Um, Miss Tony Blackman, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you for saying yes. You didn't have to. I appreciate you. So um, we start the show off. Um, so Miss Kathy, uh, I'm not sure mm-hmm. if you don't mind um, muting your 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 audio. That'll help us. It'll keep the screen from bouncing around. Thank you so much. Okay. So I start the show off with everyone by asking this question. How are you doing today? Uh, how am I doing today? Today I am tired. I am sleepy. Um, my spirit feels worn, a little worn. Um, but that's that's today. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Like I could crawl under the covers mm-hmm. and stay there for like a good three days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we started, we were talking a little bit um, about the passing of Ty. Uh, ben Chijioke, uh, it was his other name, but we knew him as Ty, British-based um, Nigerian, African, amazing hip-hop artist. And um, we, I found out on Thursday that he passed, um, and it has been difficult, to say the least. I've been having a really hard time with it. And I uh, just wanted to talk to you a little bit about that, because you knew him as well. How are you holding up? Yeah, yeah. I met Ty in like 1993 mm-hmm. um, and saw him each time, ended up in London. And um, I I mean, way back to like, we had Freestyle Union in DC but and they had Ghetto Grammar in London. I didn't know about Ghetto Grammar. Yeah, it was him and this other brother who co-founded it and they would have these ciphers and sit in circles and um, was on the same, you know, kind of hip hop, ed hip hop, organizing hip hop arts, represent true MCs, the culture, and so we were, we were, we connected. You know what I mean? Right. And um, never, never not connected. And and 
more, more recently, I finally, so this is the hard part for me is that, you know, I spent about 15 years really healing from hip hop, my hip hop wounds and doing a lot of inner work from just life and also from self-sabotage, you know? Um, and I had finally, we were finally getting ready to work together. He sent me tracks in February, you know? Um, I was at late Jan. And um, one of the tracks is for a collaboration I'm doing with um, another dope artist from the Congo. Mm-hmm. And so that, it's like, yeah. You know, so yeah, I'm, I'm processing it. I'm yeah, processing. I, um, I'm having a hard time because it's hard to imagine a world without Ty in it. And the last time I saw him was about two or three years ago. I was in London. I had done this. I had this idea to do this video TV project. So he helped me out with it. He took me around Brixton and he told me the story of Brixton and we have it on camera. I haven't had the guts to watch it. Um, (laughs) For a lot of reasons, the footage hasn't been processed yet, but um, I've been watching, you know, I've actually been jumping off of social media because it's just, it's, it's, it's too much. Um, he was at 47 he still had a lot to give and his music has always been um it's interesting so today for me and you one of the things that keeps coming up are these connections connecting the dots and the way my brain works is often it goes through time shifts and so when i think about ty and tony allen dying and then andre harrell dying and a little richard dying it's like these are unapologetic black you know creating folk Right. all left and um yeah it's just it's just really it's sad and it's yeah it's hard to breathe lately like it's been hard to breathe i'm not gonna lie it's been rough um so i think we have to write about it in order to to move to move the energy through because it, def- it definitely feels stuck yeah it caught me off guard yesterday you know when you're baking you think you're mm-hmm. happy mm-hmm. you're doing your thing and i was looking for a picture for my auntie's birthday right. and then i came across pictures from london yeah and i lost it I lost it, you know, and, um, you know, thinking I was already at peace with it, you know, and, um, but the, you know, the grieving process can be so tricky. It is. So and be able to, to, to have to grieve in this way, because normally I probably would have jumped on a plane and gone to London. Yeah, yeah, me, I've talked to DJ OP and, and I was telling OP, I was like, dang, you know, and this would have been the week that we would have been trying to figure out how to get to London. Mm-hmm because we would have been able to see everybody from yeah. throughout the years. Yeah. It would have been a reunion and then that would have helped. Right. You know what I mean? Assage some of the some of the, the grief, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that the mourning process is stilted and um, basically erased. It's taken away from us. It is. It's um yeah, I just I went for a walk you, two days ago because I found out Thursday like so he had been sick and I'd be, they'd been sending me updates so I knew that he wasn't well um, but when I got the call I had to call what we affectionately we were affectionately referred to as the DC crew so I had to call members of our crew to say hey this is what's happened they had, I'd been keeping them updated and um, girl I had to walk I just woke up and just went for a walk and like could not breathe had to like bend over like that woman in the meme, like I couldn't, like I was just having such a hard time. And um, yeah, it's just, it just sucks that I can't get on a plane and go like be with, the, you know, be with my people and like just hug up on everyone and just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that part is hard. And I mean, the idea of a project with you and Ty, like 
that just blows my mind. Like that just takes that just yeah. It just further it yeah. It, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So I think for me it's it's the the process of um like time, you know, time is not going to wait for us. Right. It isn't. And that life is going to keep happening and how do, you know, I think that's the thing I'm coming to grips with in terms of acceptance, like death happens and then life Mm -hmm. keeps happening. And how do we keep, how do we stay present? Right. How do we stay in the moment? How do we not check out, you know? Um, Which is the reason why I didn't cancel. This is the reason why I didn't cancel because I knew that if I did, I would be checking completely out and, I know that I, I that that is not the that's not what he would want right. us to do, and it's not it's not a good look. Like, right, right. It was, you know, so I was like, and I knew I was going to see you on Sunday, so I was like, well, at least I'll see Tony on Sunday, right? <laughs> so you know, yes. that's a good reason to keep going. Um, so thank you for commiserating with me because it's been yes, thank it's been kind of hard. So thank you for sharing that. Um, so I had all these questions I was going to ask you. I had this whole thing planned out how I was going to do this. And then yesterday's uh, Jill Scott, um, Erica Badu Love Fest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not a versus person. I'm not going to lie. I've only watched the second, or the second attempt by Babyface and Teddy and really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed it. But um, what I saw with the, the Jill Scott and the Erica Badu Love Fest was there was something about it that was very, reminded me of you. Okay. Um, and I wanted to sort of get your thoughts on what you saw, but I also wanted to get a sense. I also wanted to use this as an opportunity. These women are iconic for a lot of reasons, but one of my irritations is this notion that the way that they love up on each other is somehow unique or sort of, you know, outlying when that is how I am with the sisters in my life. So I wanted to sort of get your take on what you saw. And then we're going to dive into a little bit more about how you, about how you work, you know, because I think there's something very black, magical and woman about the way you work that has allowed you to not only create what you did with Freestyle Union, which is legendary, um, but then also step away, heal, and then come back using the same medium that you found abusive and oppressive. It's just, it blows my mind sometimes. So let's start there. Oh, well, you know, it's, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not one for the battle. Period. Right. Right. Um, I watch, um, the, the rap battles, um, just to keep abreast of what's happening in the culture. Right. I was never even a part of poetry slams cause I was a scholarship competitor on the speech and drama team. And I, right. that was my job in undergrad was to compete. Right. right. Poetry. So never got into it. Um, really, but I was a judge and I supported it cause it, it promotes art. Mm-hmm. And so that was the first verses I actually sat all the way through. The others I tiptoe in, tiptoe right. out. But honestly, it doesn't, it doesn't hype me up. Um, right. But this one, it felt like, you know, um, when they sent one of my, um, one of the artists I mentor and work with at last, she sent me the video, the pre-video they right. slated together. And that's when I knew what it was going to be. Right. And then I just kind of breathed easy. And that's when I got excited about it. And what I loved is like, this is what happens when women are in the cipher. This is what happens. Yep. The shift. 
Yeah. It energetically shifted the whole vibration. Mm-hmm. And um, and then they also, when sisters step up, they take control. And what they do is for the benefit of all. Yes. So the verses was not entertainment only. It was a healing. And it was a healing for many because I saw people shouting that on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the research, the evidence is there. And so um, it moved me because... I was like, that right there is what a sister would do. Most of the sisters I know. Right. Right. I rock with. That's how we would move. And so that, 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 that was beautiful. And what I would like to see, right, is what happens after this. I saw at least four young artists. Well, they're not so young anymore. That's <laughs> like 15 years my junior. But I remember when they were babies, right? And I saw them posting about how inspired they are and what they intend to work on this week. Right. That's elevation of the creative community, elevation of the community of Black women, elevation of the community of, of, of artists. And global. The other thing I noticed, I was on Twitter, because um, Facebook was making me a little uncomfortable. So I, so I, I lived on Twitter in my socializing and um, I saw fam in Ghana, mm-hmm. in Joburg, yep, in Paris, in Morocco, yep, and in Rio, the West Coast, Cali, all watching it. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of Nollywood folk on that joint. There were like major player actresses and actors. Uh, fr- that I am like huge geek fans of like and I was like oh my god they were on there and I was like this is amazing because when you think of the different time zones for over 600 at some point it was like over 700,000 people um, they surpassed the, uh, the last one right and it was powerful and it just for me was like this is what this is why if you leave black women to do this thing yes everybody wins Everybody wins. And, everybody and wins. When, when black women are leading, everybody always wins. Everybody's benefits. Right. And that's why I don't understand the resistance to black women leading. Right? Look, let me put my glasses on. You know why. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. People don't want this piece. They, they, they want smoke. But, <laughs> black women but, are here. Yeah. But I also found challenges. On Facebook, I saw a few threads, you know, by black women mm-hmm. who were choosing to witness this um, participating in lower vibration conversations. Well, I mean, you're always going to have that, right? I saw, like, there was one in particular that was very disappointing. I was like, wow, this is really where you are? Okay. Like, kikiing about right. it. Right. And then making something out of the nothings or making negative somethings out of something that very well may have been present, right? Right. But, like, friends, like family, mm-hmm. we work through our shit, you know? Right. And, right. um... So it was, I mean, when I tell you, my heart was like, yo, just disappointed in some of my sisters, peers. You know I'm not gonna lie. I'm past, so I'm past that part because low hanging fruit, you know, fleas and roaches, you're always gonna have that, you know, that's just part of it. Um, I think that, and you know, there's a lot of black women who mimic this patriarchal bullshit, you know? Yeah. And they, that are part of the problem. It's just, it just is. But I think that there were so many more who, like, benefited oh, yeah. from it. So 
Like, if y'all want to roll that way, that's nothing we can do about that. But I do think it was when Erica was like, we've been friends. Right. You know? And I'm not going to lie, I'm not a huge Badu fan. You know, I'm just not. You know, by the first album blew my world. And I'm not going to lie, when I found out her locks were fake, it did something to me. I don't know why. I'm shallow that way. But it did something to me. Um, <laughs> but there are some... <laughs> I'm a Baduite. <laughs> Oh, Baduism all day, every day. Yeah, I'm a Jill Scott. Like, <laughs> the way she, man, just everything about yeah. the way she embodies her lyrics. It's just, yeah. So I, I love, but I loved it. You know what I'm saying? I say all that to say I'm a fan of, of how Badu gets down. So when she was like, y'all can do that free ship. I'm going to be over here trying to pay my people. So I'm going to do this, this stream over here. I was like, I get it. I dig it. So it's, it's an interesting mix. Um, but I loved what I saw. And it reminded me of what you have collectively been doing for most of your life. Yeah. And yeah. creating spaces for, how can I say this? For um, loving critique and loving feedback. Yeah. And the vulnerability. You said something um, about the cipher, I was watching one of your videos and you said the cipher, like a true cipher, because you have to listen and look and exchange energy, it allows for vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And when I saw what was going on yesterday, I was like, that's what this is. And honestly, the way that those women were with each other is really kind of what I envisioned for what this series was about, just a way for us to talk and check in and all that. So right. I feel like I see things and and not just because I know you, but because before I even met you, everybody told me about Tony Blackman. Okay. Because I came into the DC scene maybe about two or three years after the Freestyle Union and all that stuff had gone away. So like DJ Style, shout out to Rome, um, is one of my besties. And so he was in there. He remembers all of this stuff. He was like, yo, Tony used to do that. Like the way that the way people talk about you is legendary. It's absolutely legendary. And so when I think that I can pick up the phone or email you and be like, hey, can you do this for me? And you're like, yeah. It's sometimes, I'm not going to lie, I low-key be like, <laughs> kind of neat. But I see the seeds of what you planted. And I know you're not the only one, but I wonder sometimes, because sometimes when you're the first, you're just the first. Do you ever have moments where you feel um, overlooked or underappreciated? I don't know if that's a fair question, but... The last 20 years. Okay. The last 20 years in my life. Um, and maybe, let me say 18 years. The last 18 years of my life. And then, and then the, particularly when the, the bikini bottle popping era happened, mm-hmm. um, it was like fade to black. Right. And, um, and then, but, but what was beautiful about that, then my spirit led me to the continent. Mm-hmm. And so I would go, I was in the continent two, three, four times a year, even sometimes. So my, 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 fear, my spirit got fed, my soul got fed in some powerful ways, but then I would come home and it would all drain out once again. Um, I think that the overlooking one, when you're a pioneer, right. um, people are inspired and influenced by your work and most forget to credit you. Mm. Um, and there is no acknowledgement. And so I remember an elder, I went to a traditional healer elder who said, oh, that's not why we do the work. And I was like, dude, right. I, I as a woman and women, right. the acknowledgement just for women. Right. 
and women are being erased from the narrative of hip hop constantly. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, it took me a few years to realize this ain't ego. Right. This ain't ego. Right. Because that, and I wonder if, do you think he would have said that too if you were a man? No. Okay. Absolutely not. Okay. I just wanted to check. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, I knew the answer, but I wanted to check because I didn't want to be accused of being, you know. Yeah. So, I'm so I, I, but I did, you know, my lawyer, uh, Mickey Hyman, um, uh, he was my business mentor for many years. He said, he says, you know, um, he, he says, you're, you're living your life as a hip hop missionary mm. for the trust fund. Right. Wow. Okay. And you need to change, kiddo. Right. So it took me many years to hear what he was saying. Um, but that's how much like hip hop is the love of my life. Like that's how much like I, I started my time, my first hip hop workshop when I was a junior in high school. Right. And before there was a hip hop ed and hip hop education. And before we knew what that was, I think we were barely using the term hip hop. You know what I mean? Um, and so it's just, even when I abandon it, it comes back. It shows back up. And so I know that this was my calling, my purpose. I was divine, anointed to be on this path and to do this work. Mm-hmm. And whenever I just showed up, it keeps coming. But yeah, that I am grateful to be alive. Mm-hmm to have come full circle. We had the freestyle anniversary at the Kennedy Center um, this past December, 25 years. Yep, and I missed it because I was in Nigeria. I was like, ah! To 25 years. So even that was a healing for me because I had to confront some of that pain. All of it related to me being a woman. Look. Sis, I remember when I invited you to come do the um, Chocolate City Rocks thing that um, Head Rock, shout out to Head Rock, had organized. And I did this whole Do You Remember You Street thing. Right. And the apprehension, you know, I remember your apprehension because I only know, like, of all of the amazing things, like the way people talk about you. And I don't know, because I wasn't there, so I don't know of some of the pain that you, that you experienced, but it was really telling. When I told some of the people, I was like, yeah, Tony Blackman's agreed to come. And folks were like, she agreed to come? I was like, yeah, you know, she's, she's coming. This is kind of dope. I'm like, I'm like, you can't do this without Tony Blackman. And there were some interesting sort of um, rememberations, we'll say, yeah. in terms of how some of the men sort of received this information. But I remember you being very protective. And I remember you saying to me, like, look, I'm doing this because, you know, I trust you and, you know, it, it's you, but I got to protect myself. And I have watched you go inward and do the shadow work and figure out what you need to do and come out on the other side a lot more whole. And I think that there's something really powerful about your ability to have done that and still come back and be able to look at this art form and still find value in it. Yeah. Because it has not been kind to women. We know this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I wonder if you don't mind sharing a little bit of how are you able to do that? Well, take. Well, you know, um, one of the reasons I left DC is because it had it, it had gotten too small. And Albert yeah. Miller, one of my um, mentors, yep. um, arts mentors, he told me it was time to go. Mm-hmm. It's time to go. Mm-hmm. And so I packed up. My brother had moved to. He was going through a divorce, and so his son. And so I, I had people. I had road dogs, you know, to get there. <laughs> 
And um, as soon as I got here, though, I came to Brooklyn. I was in Fort Greene. I was having cyphers in my living room again because I just couldn't stop. And then I went through a different kind uh, of struggle. But I, 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 I literally lived a movie. Like I re- in college, I went through a, series of, a deep depression. My junior year gained a lot of weight. Then I lost it about five, six years later and was super fit working with a trainer. I remember a big show. It was George Avenue Day. And then um, one, of the cor- one of the MCs, like he says, he says, who are you trying to be, little Kim? And I had on like a tennis dress. Right. It was like a little short, mini-ish, but it was like a full-covered tennis dress. With- and I, I just, I saw that picture yesterday and I thought of it when I was digging for the pictures of Ty. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just like that. And I remember being told, you know, you use us as a crutch for whack-ass daughter shows. And any mistake I made, the slightest mistake, there would be a big spotlight. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, I was doing all the grunt work. Right. All the organizing, securing the venue, the flyers, the people, making sure everybody had the information. And I lived in this path of idealism mm-hmm. and also not knowing how to articulate and communicate my pain because I was afraid of being called a bitch. Right. I was raised to be a nice girl, mm-hmm. a good girl. girl. Good girls don't complain. Good girls don't complain, and they definitely don't complain about men. Right. Because if you do that, no man will ever want you. And so all the programming, and the, meanwhile, I had a man, you know, but in the, the, right. underlying, the underlying conversations and the socialization were in control. So what I had to do was I had to break down each of those underlying beliefs one by one and then create and establish new beliefs about myself, about women, about black women and about black men. Right. Because though those men don't represent all. Right. And so the wounds were so deep. The, the, the things that they said to me, the way they behaved with me, the way they treated me, um, it built up over the years. And then to come through New York, you know, I was, I was going to go just get deeper in the music industry. Right. That brought other kinds of wounds, you know, attempted rape and, you know, game plan. And if you don't do this, all, all of a sudden, you know, the brother don't have no beats for you. You know right. what I mean? Right. And I, and I had this naivete because no woman had trained me. I thought things, certain things would stop as you got older. Right. So naive. I was so naive. And I, I had expectations of people to be good. Right. And I thought that people would do what they say they would do and right. were worthy. And so they, for me, it was just a lot of needing to learn about life. And the healing required energy. I ended up having work with an energy healer. Mm-hmm. I had done all of the landmark education stuff up to the <laughs> highest uh, of joining. Um, and then it wasn't working, you know. I needed a healer, healer. So I was with this sister who's um, Black American and Native American, and she used the drum, and she was a master in, like, five different modalities. Mm-hmm. Then I had to go back to Dr. DeBin from African Holistic Health Association, who was a herbalist, nutritionist, counselor, and master hypnotherapist, and elder. And he helped me heal and understand the male masculinity. Mm. 
in a different kind of way. And so there's like all this stuff I realized, I'm like, dang it, you know, there are many of us who go through our entire lives not understanding these concepts. Right. And without that lack of, un- with that lack of understanding, then we limit our joy. We sit around trying to figure things out that don't need to be figured out. And um, so that, that was part of, so I, I, I was in therapy the last three and a half years. I finally reached a point, but I, that was after my burnout. Okay. Was a severe burnout crash in 2016. I, I didn't realize it, but I had been sick for about seven years. But I, I remember you posting something about that. Yeah. Um, and, not, and I think, you know, what you touch on is really important because I think specifically for Black women, we don't, we don't understand that we're burnt out because we have been, we've never been taught that that is possible. Right. And um, when I think about the way... It was interesting because the, for, the, for the men that talked about you, because I only knew the men, I didn't know the sisters, except for Jay Scales, who I think was in Daughter of the Cypress as well, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So most of the folks that I spoke to, or that I even spoke to, but like revered you, were brothers who tend to be a little bit more even-keeled <laughs> um, and intellectual. And I remember, because the way that stylists would talk about you, I was like, I want to meet this sister. Like, she sounds amazeballs. And um, I think there was also an understanding that the the nature of the genre also created this tension that required you to have to sort of, you know, pack your bags and go get, you know, go get your your life. But I I applaud you for being, um, for talking about it. Because one of the things that I've always loved about your posts and what you share is that you're not afraid to share the toxicity that you dealt with. Um, you don't name names. So it's not from a place of, Oh, this person, that person. But I do think it's important for us to understand that that work of nation building, because you know, people talk about nation building, but they always seem to think about it in a male sense. And there's really very little understanding or regard for the fact that women are building nations on a regular basis. I'm not even talking just about the physicality of having a baby, but literally the women are the ones like I told somebody, I was like, you black men would die 10, 12 years prematurely if it weren't for black women. Right. For those of you that listen to black women. Um, and so I, I want to know a little bit more about how you manage to balance out that, that very important um, aspect of, of, of history making and taking and writing with, you know, your personal needs to, 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 to get free and, and be healed. Because I know, I can't imagine it's always been easy to share some of the things that you've shared, but I also wonder why you feel compelled to do it or how you got to the point where you're like, look, people need to know this. Well, you know, it was um, Pram Deben from the African Holistic Health Association um, in Washington, D.C. that taught me that that was my, part of my medicine. Mm-hmm. It was one was to dance to drums. Mm-hmm. You know, he says, your energy, the fire within you can be so calmly intense. Mm-hmm. If you're not careful, you will explode. Mm-hmm. And so you have to do this. He also said that you store so much information and so much emotion on top of being porous. Right. Yeah. Or being the world's pain. You have to release. Otherwise, it will cause physical ailments in your body. And so I didn't listen to him. You know, it takes seven years sometimes, hard head. <laughs> but, 
But then I heard his voice one day when I was dealing with some sort of physical illness mm -hmm. and I started to do it and I started to get sick a lot less often. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I thanked God, you know, my aunt Jennifer is the reason I'm a poet and I'm glad she started me when I was seven years old. And that's why she had me write to get stuff out of me because I would just hold it in. So that's, that's been like a big part of my process. My healing process is the actual sharing. Mm -hmm. And also, I just thought it was, um, I, I, I've had conversations with women more established um, as MCs in the business, um, some very well known, but in the green room or before panel, and they concur with all of whatever I say, but they never discuss it publicly. Right. Never. Right. And they even sometimes act like it's not a big deal. Right. Um, publicly. And um, when I tell, I have to be careful because I don't want to, right? Because they didn't give me permission to share. Right. But it, it just fascinated me. So I'm saying, so how are the young women that come behind us supposed to learn? Mm -hmm. How are they supposed to know to do different? I remember being in Senegal for one of the residencies and I, did, I was having like, I guess you call it brunch. We were all eating early, <laughs> early in the day. <laughs> and the conversations got really real. And one of the women, she said, she started to tell me how she rocked this show and all of the men gave pounds to the men, but they would, didn't give her one. Right. And I was like, yo, I said, that's hip hop, yo. That's just hip hop. And so she was 26, mm -hmm. like feeling a little hurt. Right. And then I was like, dang, it's just like, it's universal. Right universal but she had killed it right and so, so there's that space but so for me this healing i don't know if i'm answering the question because now you are. okay so for me this healing is it, it's it's like multi-layered and i don't have a choice i think some people get to live their live this lifetime mm -hmm. um living in that realm of confusion and chaos they can just get up and go to work and they, and they can hate their job. Right. I don't have a choice. Yeah. If I am in a place in a toxic work environment, my stomach locks up. Mm -hmm. I, 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 my, my, I get eczema if I am worried about something. Mm -hmm. I can't sleep if I'm too anxious and then my immune system breaks down and I start to catch colds and flu and bronchitis. Right. So it took me some years to figure it out. And so I just started to tell the truth. Now I was uncomfortable. One of my business advisors, Yodi, he, um, I've been working off and on for years. And Yodi said, <coughs> he said, look, we're not even going to work on marketing gimmick or whatever. Your gimmick is you just tell the truth. Just tell the truth get comfortable enough with that so it took me a few years <coughs> to really get comfortable right telling the truth but then it took me back to my writing training with Ethelbert mm -hmm. and and it, and I realized this is why I hadn't been able to write anything good in 20 years either because I I haven't liked my writing you know in um many years and I haven't written anything I love like right right but it's because I had started to withhold Right. So that inner, that inner self-censoring that says, nope, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, I struggle with that. 
That bitch is rich. She's so disrespectful. Oh, I don't like her at all. She is, and she will block all of your blessings. Mm, don't do that. Don't do that. And I'm like, no, this will be good. And I'm like, mm, don't do that. Yeah, we're going to tie her up and put her in a corner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in, in one, thank you so much for being so transparent because I do think that that is a big problem within our artistic community um, where we aren't willing to get on on record and say this is what we think is happening. Um, how has quarantine affected you in your creative process? Has it been helpful? Has it been hurtful? Like, what is it? Well, how are you feeling in your in your body with all of this? Well, I think it took me about ten days to recover from the fact that twenty twenty wasn't happening. Right, as planned. Right. Um, I had work booked through October. Mm. This was the most work I had had booked early in the year in about 15 years. Wow. Um, and it was some of everything, artist residencies, some touring, um, work in Senegal. Um, I got cast for a production in Ohio for um, a school tour with a, with a super dope composer. All Everything was well paying. Yes. Um, this was my get out of debt year. Woo! Um, and then it all, st- it one by one, over the course of four weeks, everything got canceled. Right. And even after having meetings with certain projects about going virtual, most of them were afraid. Yeah. By something new. Right. And then I realized the people who are afraid have a, have a, have a cushion. Mm-hmm. They don't need the work. Right. They don't need the money right and now i'm out here in this ocean you know um so it's it's (laughs) it has the quarantine has brought out the kind of creativity that happens when you have two choices evolve or die Mm -hmm. so i chose to evolve okay and i chose to you know everyone's tired of this word but i chose to pivot and um, pivoting has landed me in some really awesome spaces. At first, I was taking way too many courses because Virgo. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're not going to learn these 20 things at the same right. time. Right. So take it down. So I finally lightened up on the classes. And then, you know, when a student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm-hmm. I started coming in, in, across different um, opportunities. And then I was in this webinar and uh, a coaching thing with um, Coach Ozioma, who has mm-hmm. Bright, and she has this program called Strategic Evolution. And, and just like, you know how you hear about this coaching thing, and yeah, right. it'll help you to, girl, two conversations with Ozioma. <laughs> I'm fire. Yes, I love and it. Completions list over here. I got my follow-through list over here, and I'm struggling. Yeah, Virgo's love lists, man. As a Sagittarius, I hate lists. They get on my nerves. As in my cousin, Carla the Taurus, she said, you've been making lists since we were five years old. I said, was I? She says, you had a list in the first grade. I, I just, love lists. I love my lists. So I, I actually have foam core and colored paper. And I got like I got like at least six lists on the wall because nobody's here but me and my area. I don't have Airbnb, so this is like right a little crib. But the creativity is so high. I've gotten four more videos edited. Um, 
I are you editing them yourselves or do you have help? Oh, with those videos. Oh, see, this is the other beauty of the continent. <laughs> I have mentees um, Art. who are like pitching in at very low affordable rates. Look. Um, but Emor, um, a young filmmaker, photographer, painter, genius, African mm-hmm. genius, um, in Nairobi. Okay. Um, I met, I worked with this organization called Art of Hub. And you know, Nairobi has all those hubs and innovation. Yeah. They're trying to do good things over there. So Emor has, we, he, we shot two videos when I was in Nairobi last year. Mm-hmm. And um, so he edited those and we started to build a rapport and a relationship. Okay. And there's a kid in Morocco as well I've been working with. So, and then I have started to learn editing mm-hmm. during the quarantine. It's one of right. the things I'm learning. And it's one of the things that I didn't learn before because my ex-creative partner, ex- Told me you don't need to learn all that, and right. I listened. Right, and so the quiet of quarantine is making me realize how little I've actually listened to myself. Mm-hmm. And so I'm good, but I, yeah, I'm writing. Um, I'm working on the next phase of a work in progress for a hip hop theater piece, Wisdom of the Cipher, um, based on my book, and um, I'm recording. Um, I'm learning. I learned how to record. Myself, I refreshed, and so I'm recording vocals at home. Mm-hmm. I'm working on a project uh, with DJ Cherish the Love um, for the Dilla uh, Foundation, and it's um, a meditation mixtape with Dilla Beats mm-hmm. with my And so it's like mad official, and I'm so excited about that because the universe is kind of meeting me where I'm going. Right. I connected with this brother. He reached out to me on LinkedIn. His name is Chef Alex Askew. He runs um, the Black Culinary Alliance. Um, he's done all the big stuff, you know, the Food Network and stuff in South Africa. And he's Brooklyn, Brooklyn born and raised, I think. But so he has a mindful eating movement. Okay. One of the few chefs of color in that lane. And he's bringing together all these chefs of color. And, um, he Wait, was, when you say chefs of color, do you mean black chefs or like does this inclusive of brown folks as well? And I mean, it, it, it is. It's all, yeah. It's okay. all. Yeah. He is, he's including all people of color in his book. <laughs> um, um, the, the book he had put together with experts, and so now we're looking at how can we complement one another because he's working on food insecurity, um, food deserts, and and then um, this young chef, chef um, Etef. The, the gangster gardener. <laughs> so we've been talking as well. And he's an MC. He's a dope MC um, who just happens to be um, an, an innovator and a visionary. So I, I am, I'm collaborating. Right. I don't know if I can say anything yet. I'm collaborating with a few people I've dreamed of collaborating. I mean, like, been Duh. dreaming of collaborating. So um, mm-hmm. I'm ready for it, girl. I got... <laughs> You look ready. You look ready, ma'am. You look ready to go. I got 10 tracks being mixed. I got seven that were mastered. And um, got to do some legal stuff. And um, boom, 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 boom. Rhyme like a girl. We're getting the site updated. Mm-hmm. So there's a revenue stream for a few of the core artists to be able to do their thing. And um, we have music we recorded in 2018, the summer of 2018 that we are getting mastered and we're finishing up 
getting two music videos edited and one we're actually shooting remotely. Okay. So sister in Vegas, sister in New Orleans, and then um, I'm in one in Boston and I'm in Brooklyn. So yeah, I'm going to be content. Like I'm so I'm excited. At first I was sad that it took the quarantine. Right. But um, then I realized like they like in the struggle, in the ugly, if we slow down enough, if we're willing to get our hands dirty and do the real work that there's beauty underneath the, the dirt, you know, right. lift the soil up, put your hands in there and there's beauty in there. So, um, yeah, this is, this is going, this is going to be, um, my most productive year, uh, since the nineties. I, I haven't had this create kind of creativity since I was in DC. And, you know, I have to say, one of the things I was telling wife, I was posting somewhere, as daunting and as terrible in terms of the number of people that have um, been infected and died as a result of COVID-19, this is a great opportunity to remake the world in our image. Um, It really, really is. And what I'm hoping is that, I mean, all the petty fears and the worries that we have about putting out stuff and sharing stuff, like I really had to, you know, Shout out to Ishmael Sekari from Afropolitan Insights. He's been trying to get me to do a cat's corner like this forever. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, I like audio. You know, I don't want to be seen, this, that, and the third. And he was like, I got a studio. I need you to do this. And I couldn't wrap my head around how I was going to make it work. And we went and we did all the staging. And he was like, it's just what you want to do is just a little too much. We can't manage it. Um, I was like, okay, cool. So we'll figure it out. And... I wasn't going to do this, but spirit was like, we're going to sit on your head until you do this and you will not be able to sleep. And every time you're up, we'll remind you and you're going to do this, whether you like it or not. And it doesn't matter. Just do it. And this has been life giving. So I I think that the quarantine, um, for those of us that carry a lot of bags and are super busy, this is what we need to create because whether we like it or not, trying to create in the space of what was considered normal was just too difficult. It really was like we literally needed the world to, to, to stop spinning in order for us to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now my problem solving skills are back. <laughs> like I have used this Virgo creative Libra rise and Aquarius moon mind of mine. Ooh, oh, why? all right to help to support like 20 different people in my life. Mm-hmm. You know? So that has been, that has been fascinating. It just so being able to support people and, um, and, and like the solutions, solutions, solutions. You can do this, 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 and that, and this and that. I'll call it that. Here's your mission statement. Oh, expect this paragraph from here. And like literally last week I was dancing, blasting South African house music. Like I'm back. Good. I am back. So, you know, physically I have health stuff that needs to be dealt with because I'm high risk. Mm -hmm. And so that is very challenging. Um, It's very challenging not to go into worry zone. But I also, when I do what I'm supposed to do, which requires a lot of effort and discipline, but when I do it, I, I have less fear. I have less stress about it. So, um, but it's a lot. It's a lot when, you know, dealing with um, 
you know, having a history of asthma. I had severe asthma growing up. Mm -hmm. I was about 26 when I started working with Dr. DeBen and changed a lot of my life. And then dealing with um, reflux that mm -hmm. came from taking a leave and that bill. Yeah. So dealing with that and what that has done to my body to cause GERD. And it's, it's, I had to cut out a lot of foods and I'm a foodie. Right. So I can't eat jello fries. Ah. So if I have it, it's like a treat. Yeah. I'm so sorry. It's just a treat. It's a treat, like a special day. Right. And I can't go back. Right, right. <laughs> I had a food party in um, in Cotonou in Benin, um, late June, early July of last year, and that food party damaged me, my inside, so much that I'm still healing because I had pepper soup one too many times, and I had the okra stew, and I had. I had a party, man. I was you know, I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes peppers were it's worth it. You just be like, all right, I'm gonna suffer. <laughs> but this yeah. I'm a Sagittarius, so we we live on the edge. I will be like, this is gonna hurt, but I'm gonna enjoy this and I'll just uh, I called when I got back. I coughed. I couldn't lay I could not sleep laying down for three weeks. Wow, girl, what was going dang. Yeah. Yeah. Not sleep laying down for three weeks. So, and my body is like reached its max. You know, they say at a certain age, certain things, ah, you can't just can't go back. So how to maneuver through eating the foods I love. Now I got to get really creative. But some things I figured out, you know, right. some things I figured out. Um, use less tomato, you know. Some, I mean, tomatoes for some people are just, you know, they're not your friend. And then less pepper, you know, like all of those things. So I'm figuring it out. It's not the same, but right. um, I'm figuring it out. And so some may laugh at the dishes, but they keep me breathing. That, that's and we want you. We want you upright in here, my dear. <laughs> so we will take it. We will take whatever version of jello you have to make to stay on the side. <laughs> so 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 yeah, but yeah, the creep that I am. What I'm excited about during this time is that I see so many people, so many beautiful people, so many talented people, so many creative people surrendering to the call. Mm -hmm. And I want everyone to really understand that the pull, the tug is bigger than you. And although it may feel or seem like you're just finishing your dream project or you're finding a new way to make money it's bigger than you because when good people, good heart and pure intention, like give out to the universe, it really, um, it changes things. Right. It changes the course, you know, of our journey and, um, and you impact other people's lives. Right. And so I've just been really like um, Les Brown uh, Tony Robbins, Lisa Nichols over here, like, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it, let's go, let's go. And also, you know, I don't want to be out here by myself. Right. Let's get it, y'all. Yeah, for real. Do the thing you know that you were supposed to do in this lifetime. You have an opportunity now. Right. Start over, start from scratch, or revisit, remake, do it now. I love it. Well, you know, we, you know, because I have no concept of time either. Um, and I just realized <laughs> we've almost hit the hour mark. 
<laughs> so, um, like Eric, look, yeah, time is circular for me. I'm like, eh, it doesn't matter. Um, but it does to a certain extent when it comes to these programs. So, uh, I wanted to open this up. If there's anyone who is part of our live audience that has a question, feel free to place it in the chat so that we can get that question asked of Miss Tony. Um, while people are thinking about that, I wanted to also find out. I, I just, I just was interested as someone who has lived so long in the hip hop space, you've seen lots of shifts and changes, you know, like we're that generation that remembers before internet and cell phones and, you know, pay phones and, and, and now what have you seen shifts that make you really excited in terms of the hip hop space? Well, I think one of the shifts that excite me is when I saw how many women were producing and creating. Okay. And then, um, so that was cool. Um, and then also when I saw that it wasn't just young women mm. creating and they grown women were revisiting, you know, their creativity and hip hop. And it wasn't just MCs, but DJs and dancers and right. the visual artists and the beatboxers as well. So that, that excites me to know. And, um, and then this, this, this trend with wellness and, um, meditation and mindfulness and healing and, uh, veganism and, uh, eating healthier and taking better care of ourselves. Um, hearing that in the lyrical content is very beautiful. I wrote an article for Ambrosia for Heads, um, that summer 2018. And, um, I just remember how many dope young artists I was discovering Mm-hmm. that were writing these vulnerable lyrics and um, talking about meditation and using references to health and fitness and well-being and that I knew like, okay, we cook it with gas now. It's about to unfold right. and um, people getting into this, this headspace. So that trend is one that we're going to need like, I've been working on hip hop meditation stuff with intention since 2013. It actually started in Freestyle Union. Right. Um, but since 2013, recording and creating, and then to see that Diddy had a, um, a medit- guided meditation on Audible. Right. See, Erica hosted a guided meditation last week. And then Riza had the guided meditation EP. Yeah. And then um, the producers. Uh, Chris and T had um, a manifestation, their their EP manifestations, which is mantras mm-hmm. to the dopest trap beats in the world. Um, and so it, it's like confirmation and them manifesting that and putting that out into the universe now has people who I've been trying to get their ears mm-hmm. checking for me. Right. Saying what you're working on. And um, so it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing because the next crisis is going to be mental health. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, you know, it, it, again, it keeps bring, your story keeps bringing me back to, you know, you've been innovating. You've been in this space for a very long time. And um, 
I, I want us to find a way to make sure that the innovators get their flowers while they're here. I, I really, really, really do. Because I remember when you told me about the meditation tracks, like almost, I want to say it was five or six years ago. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I'm working on this. And then I remember when I saw Riz's thing and I was like, that's interesting. Um, and so I just, I, I really want us to, and I'm really urging, you know, everybody who's going to watch this video, people who are listening now, like we have got to find a way to make sure the innovators get their credit because I think it's a hard life to be creating all of this amazing stuff. And then, you know, you see somebody else do it and you kind of laid the, the foundation. And I'm not saying that these ideas are only yours, but it's, yeah, we got to find a better way. Yeah, no, it's real. It's real. Even a, a friend who was going to represent me in the project is a few years back and then she was supposed to represent me and then she said she didn't have time to represent me and then six months later she gave me a warning but she was representing someone else who much more famous um you know bigger track global footprint yeah and then all of a sudden they're doing the thing sure and so it's just like with this person who has mad love for me and it, when i tell you like i'm like yo even when we're doing, you know, once again, Tony's uh, naivete. <laughs> right. Because for me, I thought I'd be protected because my the intentions and the content. Right. And so you, you know, didn't make this sign an NDA, huh? It's re- and then I had a habit of just giving everything. I was so excited to do the work, right. giving, sharing it with everybody. Um, right. And um, so now I'm learning this whole to that one learning to value what I create. Right. To value my ideas, to value my talent, mm-hmm. and, um, and to know the value that I am adding to the world and to not underestimate it because some of it comes easy. Right. You know, but it, that does not mean that it's not valuable. Exactly. Yeah. So. Well, Kathy D wanted to say, she had no questions, but she wanted to thank you for sharing your journey. And I want to thank you for sharing the journey because this has been... Exactly the kind of medicine I knew I was going to get and that I knew I needed. So thank you. Yes. Appreciate you. I love you dearly. Um, Last question. So I have an opening question and a last question for each of these sessions. First thing you're going to do once the quarantine's lifted. Well, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm starting now. I'm starting to uh, pack up my place. Um, I'm figuring out how to let go of my apartment and how to let go of um, New York um, City. Okay. Um, I'm not there yet, so I'm not going to announce anything. <laughs> um, I, I got a message, you know, mm-hmm. uh, from the ancestors uh, um, three years ago. And I've I packed up to move twice. Literally got my place subleased and put stuff in storage, and then I ended up back here each mm-hmm. time. So I said, well, work it out. Work it out. Show me the way. Um, my vision was to live on the continent of Africa. Um, I have two locations in mind, and um, I don't know how it's going to happen. We have to see how this virus plays out. Right. Um, but I'm setting myself up to work virtually as much as possible so that I can be wherever it is that I need to be. I'm learning new technology. I'm learning how to take the app. Jam Kazam at where you could jam with somebody in London and LA at the same time. Um, I'm learning how to teach online and uh, create online. And the first thing I'm probably going to be doing <laughs> is uh, prepping. I'm a guy. I don't know when the move can happen. 
Right. But that's what's in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. I think we're going to see a lot of people doing that. Yeah. I think it's going to be, a, I think there is going to be an excess. So yeah. wherever you land, I will find you. And we'll talk yeah. about it. <laughs> so thank you so much for sharing a bit of your Sunday with us. I really appreciate you. Um, thank you to everyone that was able to tune in. And thank you to all of those that are watching this now as the recording. This concludes this session of Cat's Corner, um, the podcast. And thank you all again for hanging out with us. So I'm out because this culture ain't going to make itself. Take care, Tony. Bye. Peace. Thank you, Kat. You're welcome. Hey, folks, just wanted to take a minute to say thank you so much for listening to Cat's Corner, the podcast. If you would like to follow me on social media, please do so. I'm at K-A-T-S-K-O-R-N-E-R-C-O, Cat's Corner Co. on both IG and Twitter. You can also follow my company, Little Social Productions, at LSP underscore on the go. That is both at IG and Twitter. And always feel free to come visit us at www.lilsoso.com. L-I-L-S-O-S-O dot com. Thanks again for listening. Really appreciate it.